Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. Are you mothers? Mom, if you're watching online, happy Mother's Day. And I'm sorry. Again, all those things I put you through. <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Would you stand on your feet before you get too comfortable? We have a, a keynote verse for this series as we study the life of Joseph. And really what, what we're doing is we're, we're asking God to stir up vision in our hearts. There's something about walking with Jesus knowing Jesus that allows us to see beyond present circumstances. This is the history of what it is to, to be in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the church flourishes in its hardest times? That's our history. That's the DNA that is in each one of us as we believe in Jesus. The DNA of faith is there for us to pick up. It's there for us to run with. And so we're asking God to stir up dreams on the inside of us. That we would see our lives so, so far beyond just our present circumstances. And we know in order for those things to happen, we have to have the strength of character to walk it out. And so that's why Psalm 105 verse 19 is our, our keynote verse for this series. And I'm asking us as a church body here in Cape and online to not just look at it each week as we read and as we, we get into the Word, but to, to bring it into our hearts. I want us to memorize it so it's something that we're able to draw from. Because there will be times in our life where we say, oh, is it worth it? Lord, I feel like I'm being tested again. And he said, yeah, yeah. And this is where the strength that I have for you is being formed. So let's look at this, Psalm 105, verse 19. And if you'd read it with me, let's go through this together. Psalm 105, verse 19 says this, Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Let's read it one more time. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you. God, I pray that the reality that our lives can change in these moments would fill us. Lord, your word and your promises are like anything else that we will encounter on this earth. They make available to us lasting change in our hearts. And so we come to you. Holy Spirit, expose the places that are in desperate need of your change. We trust you. We invite you to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as you, as you came in, you, you passed a board in the lobby, and I just want to continue to put this in front of you. We're going to have to put up a new board here, here in a minute because it is filling up with dreams that God is putting on the inside of, of our community. And I love that we see the same thing happening in Cape Coral at the campus there. God is stirring up dreams. And as we look at the life of Joseph, we see someone who was given a dream, and that is where we started we talked about how God gives dreams. 
But there is testing that comes along with the process of God in our lives because God knows that if we just try to go after our dreams without character, our dreams will crush us. Our lives cannot support the dreams that God has for us. His dream for our life, God's dream, our lives can't support it if we do not have the strength of character to walk it out. And so we're looking at 10 tests from the life of Joseph. Anyone remember the first test? It was the pride test. Last week, we looked at the pit test. How many of you glad we're out of the pit? We came out of the pit. Praise God. This week, we are going into the palace test. You say, well, Josh, they all start with P. Yeah, because that's awesome when pastors do things when it's orderly that way. I can't help it. <laughs> so next week will be the purity test. But we're going to look at, at the, the palace test with the life of Joseph. And so to pick up the story, Joseph, his pride had run him into a pit, had run his relationship with his brothers into a, to a horrific place where they were done with him. They sold him into slavery, and that was the better option at that point. They were originally going to kill him, but they sold him into slavery. And so we're going to pick up Joseph's story in Genesis chapter 39. Anna's going to join me in just a, a moment, and, and then it will, I'll be exposed, and you'll see who the, the best preacher in the Hall household really is. And I'm excited. She, she has some just a good word that God's given her to, to share with us this weekend. But let's pick up the story. Genesis chapter 39. We're going to read verse 1 through 6. It says this, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph. Everyone say, with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Say, with Joseph? Giving him success in everything he did. The, the New King James says, prospering him. That the Lord was prospering him in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All of his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't have to worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. We, we see a separation that, that is happening in the life of Joseph. And we said it last week that the pit was the, the, the fulcrum point of Joseph's life. His story changed from the way that he responded in the pit. It was in the pit that he said, I am no longer in charge of my life. Lord, I submit to you. I lay down my pride. I'm going to own the pride that has run me into this place. I'm not going to live my life as a victim, blaming others, running from the character flaw that fills my life. He owned it. And so he comes out of the pit a, a brand new man, a different man. 
Now, his circumstances are still not good. He, he's in a house. He's not with slave traders. He has now been purchased. But, but I don't want to just church it up and act like everything's great for Joseph. He still has no freedom in his life. He has been purchased. This is not a good situation. And what the palace test is, it is a test of stewardship, of obedience, when we are in situations where we know that God's given us a dream, but the places that our energy is going to and the obedience that's represented right now may not have any correlation with the results that we want to see. Joseph is in a place, and, and, and I imagine the wrestle in his mind is he's going, well, well God, you put leadership in my life, but, but I'm, I've just been purchased I'm being told, and where I want to rise to the top, I'm being told, and even he has a perspective that he has to wrestle with as responsibility is added to him. Is this because of me, and is this because of just, I'm a slave, and so this is what I have to do as a slave, or God, are you at work? And this is a continual place that you and I will come to. We're in seasons of our life going, God, is there any connection with your faithfulness and not my obedience right now? Is my obedience right now worth it? Is, it? is it worth it for me to continue to work in this job that's not a good environment? Is it worth it for me? Can you meet me in this place? Lord, can I see your faithfulness when I'm trying to raise my kids right and I see no results that encourage me? Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> we know this place. If you've raised kids at all, you, you know that place of like, okay, uh, I think this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> I had an interesting conversation with one of my kids yesterday. And it was one of those ones that, that, like, I was doing the right thing. I was being humble. I was telling them where daddy made a mistake, and, and, I, and I was breaking it down for him. And I said, listen, dad can be completely right and completely wrong at the same time. And they looked at me and were like, what do you mean, dad? And so I said, well, you know, I, I, there was a mess, and I am completely right that we have to live as teammates, and y'all got to pick up your mess but how I communicated that was completely wrong. And they looked at me and said, Dad, you're wrong like that a lot. <laughs> and, and then the, the pride test comes back. <laughs> the palace test is the test of obedience when I don't see results in my life. It, it is the test of God what does your hand look like on my life when it doesn't look like the way that I want it to? And I want to go at this because I mentioned the New King James uses the word prosper. And in church world, that, that, that can be a word that, that has been very, very abused. And maybe you've been in circles where you've heard and, and then the word prosperity and that God wants to prosper you has been defined as God wants to fill your bank account. Or God wants you to have the biggest house. Or if you want a jet, God wants to give you a jet. And it's been a word that has been abused 
for selfish desires and not a word that is, is given under the submission of the leadership of Jesus Christ. And so I, I, wanna, I want us to have a right definition and you not to have any fear because God's not afraid of the word prosper. And I want you to know God's dream is to prosper his children. If you're taking notes, write that down because I want it clear for you. God's dream is to prosper his children. Now, there's two definitions I want you to know. The definition of prosperity in the Hebrew is to push along, to push forward. This picture of us being in a place where we can't go any farther on our own strength. We're stuck. And yet God says, you may see this as an impossible situation, but I in my strength and my presence, my power in your life is going to push you out of this situation. I am going to propel you forward. That's the Hebrew definition. The Greek definition is to help along the road. So as we're going in the road of life and we're stuck and we're in hard times, God says, no, I want to prosper you. I'm going to help you when there is no other help. This is what it is to be prospered by God. He wants to prosper his kids. And I want you to see this through the word. Genesis 26, verse 12 says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Now look, look how just shy God is about using the word prosper. The man, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. God, God's not afraid of the word prosper. He wants his kids to know he wants to prosper you. You know, the way that we, we have to understand prosperity is, is his presence in our life. Prosperity is a, isn't about material things. Prosperity is about the presence of God in our lives. This is why John prayed this in 2 John verse 2. He said, Beloved, I, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Because prosperity is about his presence. Look at verse 2 again in, in Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So in the middle of a bad circumstance, God was with Joseph. In the middle of a hard circumstance, God was with Joseph. God's prosperity, his push, his, his movement in our lives, his strength in our lives, his presence in our lives was not hindered or affected by a bad situation. It is his presence. God was with Joseph. Have you ever been around a, a, a woman or, or a man of God that, that when you're around him, you just, there's just something different about him? There, there's just something pure about him. There's just something when you, when you walk away, you, you just, there's something that stirs in your heart of a, of a hunger for Jesus. There, there was a man named Lester Sumrall who's now with the Lord, but Lester Sumrall was an incredible hero of faith. He was on his deathbed of tuberculosis as a teenager, and God healed him, and he spent his life meeting the spiritual needs and physical needs of people all over the world. I got to meet him when he was in his 70s. He prayed over me. My, my, he and my dad became close, and 
And I remember every time I was around Dr. Sumrall, there, there was something different. There was a life of faithfulness, and the presence of God just went with him. He, he just had the, this way, when you were around him, the impossibilities of believing God for things just seemed to go away because he had lived a life of obedience, watching God's faithfulness happen time and time again. God's presence filled his life. Now, there's two things that I want you to know about God's presence because there's an understanding of his presence that, that he is omnipresent. And we know this. God is everywhere. He, he, he knows all things. You cannot, David said, I cannot run from your presence. I can't get away from it. In my lowest situation, you are still there. So there is the omnipresence of God, but I want you to be invited to, by the Holy Spirit, the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God is the times in our life where His presence is invited in. And He's not just everywhere, but He is very real and very close, manifest in our lives. Do you know that's not an elitist gospel that God's promised for us and His presence is not for those that are just amazing? That's His heart for every single one of us. What, what would happen if we, we actually believed this in the environment that, that is a hard environment of a job that's tough that we look and the boss that, that doesn't encourage us, that we don't look forward to seeing, but we look at that as a place that we invite the Lord into and say, God, I want you to fill this place with your presence. Because it's interesting, Potiphar saw it. Potiphar saw it, that, that, that God was with him. And Potiphar's like, hey, there, there's something different with this guy. I, I don't understand it all, but I know that everything he touches does better than anybody else that, that handles it. So I'm going to put as much as I can in his hands because there's something supernatural. This is God's heart that every single one of us would know him in the palace test. And there's a sequence here that, that I want you to grab a hold of because um, it, it, it's one of those things that, that, that we can hear, and, and I don't want it to just sound like Christianese. Yes, God's presence wants to fill my life, and yes, I should have God's presence. Like, I want there to be a hunger in you that's stirred up, that, that God wants to fill your life in a new, fresh way, that those around you would take notice that those around you would say, hey, there's something. You know, our office is, is pretty anxious until they come in. And, and, and I don't know what it is about you, but, but when you come in this office, the tension and the stress and the anxiety, it's just not there like it was before. What is that about you? What separates you? And this is something we see time and time again with Joseph's life. We're going to follow him as he's actually thrown from Potiphar's house into prison. And you know what? The Lord is still with him in that place. The same sequence of leadership happens in the prison. And then he goes from that to the, the second most powerful man in the world, second in command of Pharaoh, and the same sequence happens. Unbelievers are looking, saying, God's with that guy. And it's his presence. It's not material things. It's not anything showy. It's his presence. God's 
unmistakable stamp on your life. And so then the question becomes, well, how do I get God's presence in my life? And and I'm going to tell you this because there's steps for this. The step is obedience. God's presence fills our life when we we take take steps of obedience. When we will step out in faith and be obedient. He, He wants you to know Him as the one that prospers you in risky times. Uh, Anna and I have just, we were, as we were praying for you and, and, and for this weekend, one of the things that, that makes this easy is because we're able to look back and, and go, we, we don't have to, you know, say anything that, that we don't know. We're able to look back and see God's faithfulness from the moment that we came out of the pit. From the moment that God rescued our lives and the moment like our, our, our marriage and our, our life, we look back and, and our preparation this week was us just talking about, wow, God's been so faithful. He's been so good to us. And so there's a couple of palace test moments that, that we want to share with you. I'm going to share the, the, the one that really filled my heart is in 2012, we, we moved to Texas and, and the Lord put it in our hearts to to be a part of a church in Texas. I was pastoring in, in Minnesota at the time and pastoring for my, with my dad, and, and it, was, it was good that, that, that the Lord gave us 10 years there, and they were such important years of preparing us, and Anna and I just getting to know each other as people that would trust God in, in the little. And then we, we knew definitively God had called us to, to Texas, and so when we went to take that step, we went to sell the house. And, and we, had, we had gone through some good financial planning. We had made some smart steps. And so what had happened was we had bought a house, and we bought it on foreclosure. And so we got a great deal on this house, and we're like, hey, we're, we're, we're crushing this first house thing. I mean, we're young married, and yet we are so smart. Look at us. We're doing this. We took out a home equity loan and, and finished the basement and did all this, you know, all this work to it where, at minimum, we should have gotten at least 40 k equity out of it. And so you have all these expectations, and then the Lord speaks to your heart, and he says, this is where I have you. This is the next step of preparation for you. And so we're like, okay, Lord, we're going. So put our house on the market. And what was it, babe? Was it a year and a half before it sold? It was a year and a half before it sold. And when it sold the first time, notice I said the first time, it sold for 8000 less than we bought it. And then when, it, when we, we sold it the first time, we moved to Texas. And so now we're in a house in Texas, and then that sale falls through. And all of a sudden, this, the, the, the palace test of obedience, what, am I going to continue to trust God? Am I going to continue to do what He's called me to do when it, when it doesn't look good? And I don't see a correlation to my dreams. This doesn't feel like this is in line with the dreams that you put in my heart, Lord. Because after a while of, of paying two mortgages, we had to, to, to then sell it again. And when we sold it again, we sold it for 20000 less than we bought it. But I want you to know there was not a night in that time that we went to bed without joy and peace. 
And I want you to hear that because that's not an exaggeration. Now, I, I, we weren't just overjoyed about it, like, hey, we get to pay two mortgages again. This is awesome. <laughs> but we knew that there was a step of obedience that God had us that we were, we were being obedient to. We were taking that step, and we knew He would meet us. And there was equity in our marriage. There was trust in our marriage that God was working in that we couldn't even see. That Anna would know her husband as someone that was going to obey God at all cost. And I want to invite her to come now because there, there's things that I, I've watched her obey God. And, it, and it's done this, this work in our marriage where our marriage, and, I, and I've said this before, it was at such a terrible place when we first got married. We, we didn't have this, this great-looking relationship. We had one of those relationships where our friends told us later, we didn't think you guys would last <laughs> at all. And yet, because of steps of obedience and the presence of God filling our home, we've watched him be faithful. And so, babe, I just want you to share about that. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Whew. So that season, I mean, it was scary, the unknown. But God was so faithful in it and that in those moments, like he spoke to my heart, the provision will always be there. And that is a word that I've continued to go back to over and over, knowing in that season of obedience, of trusting him, that when I didn't understand all the situations and all the details that were happening and why things were working out the way they were, he was faithful and the provision was always there. And um, the word that the Lord really put on my heart to start with today with, for you is found in Isaiah 55 in verse 3. And it says, listen closely and come even closer. My words will give life, for I will make a covenant with you that cannot be broken, a promise of my enduring presence and support. It is the presence of the Lord that sustains us in those times. It's the presence of the Lord that strengthens us. I was so thankful that Josh gave me the opportunity to share today because it's Mother's Day. And as wonderful as Mother's Day is, it's such a special time to get to celebrate our moms and our grandmas and those women in our life who have blessed us and encouraged us and raised us. It can also be a time of great pain. And the Lord really put on my heart today that there's, there's women today that came to church and it was a huge step of faith even to be here today because your hearts are hurting because you long for children. And I know what feels like. I know what that feels like to go to church on Mother's Day and have to put on a smile on your face and act like everything's okay when inside like you're hurting and your heart hurts and you're broken. Whether you've lost a child and that child's not here with you to celebrate today or you've been unable to get pregnant or maybe you've lost your mom recently and this may be your first Mother's Day without her. And the Lord wants you to know that he's here to fill your heart and to fill those moments. We, all he wants us to do is just to invite his presence into these moments. You know, as a mom, I find myself a lot having to ask my children to forgive me. <laughs> and we stop and we say, guys, we're going to invite the Lord in this because we can't do this in our own strength. And mommy's kind of made a mess of it. And so we stop and we just say, Lord, we welcome you. God, we ask that you fill this moment with your presence. And in those moments, like the atmosphere changes. All of a sudden, what has been like a stressful, hard time 
It's full of his peace. We feel strengthened, and it just is like a fresh start to those situations. And so today, as we celebrate our moms, and if your heart is hurting because you yet have received that promise, and I want you to hear me say yet, because God is so faithful to his promises, and we may have to wait. There may be a season of waiting. You know, the Lord put so many promises in my heart. His word is full of so many promises. There could be dreams that you have in your heart concerning a business plan or getting married or having children. Whatever the dream is that God's placed in your heart, all he's asking us today is to walk in steps of obedience and to trust him. When that season of us, you know, praying for children, the Lord put something in my heart where he just said, Whenever I hear of somebody that gets pregnant, be very quick to bless them, to give them a gift, a phone call, a hug, a word of encouragement, whatever I could. And it was hard. There were moments where that was a really hard step. But as I did that, the more and more that I did that, then like that genuine joy, that genuine love, that excitement came out of me because I knew I was sowing seeds. I was sowing seeds into my future and into my babies and into my family. And so God's going to speak to your heart. Maybe he's asking you to step out today and trust him in giving. You know, he may say, keep, keep some cash in your wallet. And when I speak to your heart, I want you to practice generosity and trust me in generosity. Or maybe he's speaking to your heart to trust him and step out in that faith of tithing. Or maybe in serving your boss when you want to be your own boss and you want to have your own company, but God's saying, be faithful, steward well what I've trusted with you in this job and in this season of life. So our prayer for you today is that you open your hearts, because I know God's speaking to your hearts today, and there's steps of obedience because he wants his presence to fill our every day, not just when we're at church on Saturdays and Sundays, but every day when we're at home with our families, when we're at work with our coworkers, God's presence fills us and he strengthens us. Yes, he does. And it's the separating factor. I want you to go ahead and stand on your feet because this is something that Anna and I know the Lord spoke to us clearly, that this would be a time that the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to you and he's putting steps of obedience in your heart and for some of you, it's, it's a risky place. It's a place that you're, you're going, I don't know if I can do that. And I want you to, to take courage right now. Obedience to God comes from filling our life with His Word. It's that place. Why, why are we in a place right now where, where those steps of obedience seem a little more doable? Because you have been hearing and you have been feeding on the Word of God. We're not, I'm not just up here just saying nice words. I'm speaking from the Word of God, the promises of God. That's why we should leave church charged up. Because it's the Word of God that fills us. It's the Word of God that sustains us, that gives us the courage to step out in obedience. And those steps fill our lives with the presence of God. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to go ahead and make their way to the front. We're, we're going to close in just a different way. This is a, a time of response. This is as important of any, as any moment in, in service. This is a time for us to acknowledge, God, you are speaking to me. And there's two responses 
that I want to put in front of you. One is the response of worship. Pastor Brandon's going to lead us in another song in just a moment. And we're just going to bring our hearts to the Lord. So maybe your response in this moment is to go, God, thank you for your faithfulness. God, I'm able to see clearer than ever before of how you have been pushing me. Your prospering has followed me. Your goodness has run me down. It has moved me from the places that others would have been stuck in. But your presence has stayed with me. The other response is that response when we know that the Holy Spirit is dealing with us and He's saying, I have a step for you. And I want to ask you to take courage today and to step out. And so when we go back into what, to, to this other song, if you know God's dealing with you, we want to pray with you. Our heart is that Ocean Church would be the easiest place in the world to receive prayer. You know, receiving prayer doesn't mean that, that you're acknowledging that you're messed up. It means that we're acknowledging that I need what only God provides. And if our hearts aren't there, then, then I don't know what we're doing. So I don't want you to be embarrassed. You don't need to be embarrassed or ashamed. We all need prayer. We all need to respond. And so those are the two responses. Our prayer teams are going to remain here. And so as we close today, I'm going to have Anna pray over us. And then as we go back in this time of worship, let's respond to what the Lord's speaking to us. Lord, we love you. God, I lift up each person here today. Lord, I thank you for the way that you are prospering them, the way that you are pushing them forward in this season of life. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for the dreams that you're speaking to every heart. I thank you for the provision. God, I thank you for the way that you're speaking to their heart, showing them the steps of obedience that they need to take. God, we thank you for your presence that fills our every day, that fills our every moment, Lord, that strengthens us and leads us and guides us. And we thank you for it, for miracles today. God, we thank you for miracles, for wombs opening today. We thank you for bodies being healed and marriages restored and dreams awakened in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.